Hello and welcome to the Zurich Life podcast. My name is Jacqueline and I'm joined today by our Head of Investment Solutions at Zurich, Ian Slattery. This investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Today we're going to speak about market events over the month of July 2022 how this has affected different asset classes and what this might mean for investors. We will also talk about Zurich Investments outlook in the short term and our recent positioning in relation to the Zurich funds. This month, our fund in focus is the Prisma 2 fund, which forms part of the Prisma multi-asset range from Zurich. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Jacqueline. In July, we saw a number of key developments in the market and equities recovered some of the ground that had been lost so far this year. Can you talk us through the effect those events have had on markets and on the different asset classes? Yes, well, July proved to be a stellar month for stock markets with global equities up just over 10% in euro terms. Some of the key events for the month were in the US, we saw interest rates uh, rise again by another 0.75% at the July meeting of the Federal Reserve, and that follows from the 0.75% hike in June. We also saw higher interest rates in the ECB, uh, which raised rates to move out of negative territory for the first time in a decade. Despite this, these uh, rate rises, the market now perceives the Federal Reserve in the US to be slightly less hawkish um, as the US economic backdrop turns a little bit less optimistic. For example, we've seen the US housing market uh, noticeably weaker as the effects of higher interest rates take hold. Global economic activity did continue to accelerate, uh, but very much helped by the rebound in Asia uh, led by China. However, in Europe and North America, economic growth is expected to slow, and that's suggested by leading indicators such as purchasing manager indexes and also lagging indicators such as GDP growth. For example, the first reading of US GDP growth for the second quarter of the year came in negative. Despite the rate rise news, we actually did see Eurozone sovereign bonds enjoy a positive month, which kind of goes against the theory somewhat. So overall, both equities and bonds were positive in July. Towards the end of the month, in in political news, we saw Mario Draghi resign um, from the Italian government with general elections to follow in September. You mentioned global economic activity accelerated um, and equities experienced a rebound in July. Can you give us some insight into this and talk a little bit about this from a geographic region and a sector perspective? Yeah, so just starting at the, at the headline numbers, as mentioned, uh, in euro terms, 10.7% was the return for global equities in July, and that's easily the best month of 2022. So that pairs the year-to-date uh, losses as at the end of July to minus 4.3%. Geographically, the US was up over 12%, and that was the best performing stock market of the major uh, markets, and that was in euro terms. Hong Kong was the worst, uh, returning a negative 5.2%. Year-to-date, the defensive uh, or more value-orientated UK stock market uh, is the only major market in positive territory at just short of 1%. Delving a, a little bit further under the surface, on a global sector basis, all 11 major sectors were in positive territory for the month in euro terms, which is in direct contrast to June when all 11 sectors were in negative territory. The more growth-orientated sectors of consumer discretionary, up just short of 19%, and technology, up just over 16% to perform best, while communication services was a relatively poor performer, albeit still at a positive 6.1%. 
Uh, year to date on a sector basis, energy remains the clear outperformer up just short of 50%, and that's again predicated very much on the rise in the oil price, whilst consumer services remain firmly in the red at minus 16.7%. Moving to bonds now as an asset class, can you explain how bonds performed in the month of July? Yes, well, as mentioned at the outset, uh, Eurozone bonds booked their general downward trend in July as the five-year plus government bond index returned 5.9%. And as mentioned, that's uh, despite of the fact that ECB pushed its benchmark rate up 50 basis points, bringing its deposit rate to zero, as I mentioned earlier, for the first time um, in 10 years. Whilst the Federal Reserve also hiked uh, interest rates by the 0.75% to bring it to the range of 2.25% to 2.5%. In terms of some of the benchmark bond yields, the US 10-year Treasury yield finished sharply lower at 2.65%, having started the month at just over 3%, whilst the key German equivalent fell from a yield of 1.34% to 0.81%. Therefore, yields for both of these key metrics move lower, and of course, yields move inversely to prices throughout the month, even as interest rates were raised. How have commodities and currencies performed over the month of July? So in euro terms, the overall commodity index rose slightly throughout the month of July uh, after experiencing a fall in June. The overall index was up just over 3%. However, both Brent and West Texas intermediate oil fell across the month. Gold managed a small gain in euro terms, while copper was slightly down. Commodity prices, of course, continue to be influenced by global economic prospects, but it's really, really important to note again uh, the effect of currency fluctuations in these markets, given that all, all the above commodities, like oil, gold and copper, are priced predominantly in US dollars. Turning to currencies, after starting the month at $1.05, the euro briefly hit parity against the US dollar before rallying slightly towards the end of the month to finish at $1.02 to a euro. Uh, however, this euro weakness once again enhances investor returns for those who are invested across a global stock market like those within Zurich funds. In relation to sterling, the rate finished the month at €1 euro to 84 pence. Zurich Investments is an active manager. Have they made any significant changes to their asset allocation positions um, and on a geographical and sector basis? So in in summary, uh, Zurich's fund positioning remained unchanged throughout the month of July. Uh, Equities do remain our preferred asset class. However, we did see that strong rebound of over 10% in equities during the month. Uh, So an opportunity to sell into strength could materialize in the coming weeks as the economic outlook does start to deteriorate further. Within equity markets, our main underweight is North America, so that includes the US and Canada. And that, given the fact that that's such a large part of the global stock market, this leads to an overweight position in other major regions. Our main equity sector preferences continue to be technology and industrials. Um, within the fixed income markets, in our view, the current level of yield available on Eurozone government bonds does not yet offer an attractive proposition within multi-asset funds. Therefore, our short duration positioning in relation to Eurozone sovereign and Eurozone corporate bond allocations is maintained. Zurich Investments, based in Dublin, is responsible for managing assets of almost 29 billion as of the 30th of June, 2022. Zurich's Prisma 2 fund is a multi-asset fund that was launched in 2013 as part of the Prisma multi-asset fund range. Ian, we might discuss. How is Prisma 2 managed by Zurich Investments? 
Well, first of all, I suppose there's Prisma funds with different levels of risk, which all uh, fall into the Prisma fund range. And each Prisma fund reflects the asset allocation preferences as shown in Zurich's Active Asset Allocation Fund, which we've discussed on previous uh, podcasts. Both the AAA and the Prisma fund range are managed by Zurich Investment. So therefore, Prisma 2 employs Zurich's long-standing active top-down investment process. And it follows our highly successful long-term philosophy of investing in real assets, um, with a strong emphasis on asset allocation. The concept within the fund is to attempt to generate long-term capital growth whilst targeting a volatility range from half a percent up to 2% over a rolling five-year period. So from 05 to 2% is the range for volatility. However, another way of thinking about the fund is its equity range. So Prisma 2 can invest anywhere from 0% to 15% in equities, depending on those asset allocation views of the team from Zurich. Speaking of asset allocation views, what sort of asset classes does Prisma 2 invest in? So Prisma 2 invests in the same type of assets as the Active Asset Allocation, or AAA fund, and the rest of the Prisma range. So those assets include equities, as represented by Zurich's International Equity Fund, uh, government bonds, corporate or company bonds, cash, listed property, and alternatives, which would include the likes of commodities. How is it different than the other Prisma multi-asset funds that we offer? So, so as mentioned just there, the actual assets themselves are the same across the Prisma range, but the key piece is the mix or the allocations to these assets. As mentioned, Prisma 2 is a lower allocation to historically risky assets, such as equities, when compared to the likes of the AAA fund or higher risk funds, such as Prisma 4 or Prisma 5. The fund is designed to meet the needs of lower risk investors. Uh, there are no capital guarantees or anything like that, so it does go up or down just like other funds. However, the aim is to do this with lower volatility or less ups and downs in the unit price while still delivering a positive return. This can be very important for investors when we see real returns, which take into account inflation, uh, still very low given that high current rate of inflation and the still historically low returns available on deposit accounts. What type of investor would the Prisma 2 fund be suitable for? So as mentioned above, it's very much towards the lower end of the risk scale. So when a customer sits down with their financial advisor, they'll discuss lots of aspects of their financial plan. This would include their attitude to risk, capacity for loss, uh, time horizon. After that conversation, if they come out at the lower end of the risk scale, a fund such as Prisma 2 may be useful uh, as a standalone fund or as part of a portfolio. We also see many advisors uh, utilize it as a low risk option for, uh, for some customers if they are retiring or in cashing soon. And it also might be an alternative to holding money on deposit, uh, although there is exposure to risk assets in Prisma 2. It's not exactly like a current account by any means. But we've also seen it uh, finally used as an alternative to other low risk options that may no longer be available in the Irish market. And finally, what is the outlook for the Prisma 2 fund? So the fund benefits, as we've mentioned, from Zurich's overarching approach to asset allocation. So where we favour a certain asset class in other funds, the same applies to Prisma 2. We currently have a preference for equities over other asset classes, but it's always worth remembering that the most equities that Prisma 2 can ever have is 15% of the overall fund. So there is asset allocation within that range, but it is still going to be very much to the lower end in relation to the overall mix for equities. The majority of the fund will always be invested in lower risk assets such as cash and bonds. That brings us to the end of this podcast episode. Thank you, Ian, for joining me today and for this investment market update and for going through Zurich Investments' current positioning. And also thank you to you, our listeners. As always, for more information on our fund range and to catch up on our latest investment news, visit zurich.ie. 
Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.